And now, here they are, the Beatles! Hi, I'm Justin Shears, and welcome to Only a Northern Song. In this series, I'll be exploring the words and the music of the Beatles, but not through the usual tracks that we all know so well. I'll be delving into my extensive collection of outtakes, home recordings and demos, alternate mixes and interviews, to shed some new light on lesser-known aspects of the Beatles' recorded legacy. February 1965, the Beatles spent just one week laying down an impressive 11 tracks for possible inclusion in their new movie, as yet officially untitled, the plot for which was a James Bond-inspired chase movie, complete with evil forces from the mysterious East trying to retrieve a large ring stuck on Ringo's finger. A quest that would see the other three Beatles trying very hard to remove it, and to protect Ringo from being captured and sacrificed in the process. In stark contrast to the London-based black-and-white documentary style of Hard Day's Night, this second outing, also directed by Richard Lester and produced by Walter Shenson, would be in glorious technicolour, and therefore deserves some more exotic and picturesque locations. Over the next couple of months, the Beatles would see action skiing in the mountains of Austria, and avoiding vicious attacks in London and the British countryside around Stonehenge, all in the name of keeping Ringo out of harm's way. On the 22nd of February, the Beatles found themselves on a flight to the sunny Bahamas where they would spend just over two weeks on location, filming the climax of the movie, running and cycling around the beaches of the Caribbean. Apart from the obvious visual attractions of the Bahamas, there were also financial rewards with the Caribbean island's status as a tax haven. Several hours after departing London's Heathrow Airport, the Beatles touched down in Nassau to be greeted by several American broadcasters, including Gene Loving, who received some answers that he probably wasn't expecting. We're with Beatle Paul McCartney right now. Are we? Paul, are we? how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you, Gene? Good. Pretty good. It's a great Thanks seeing all of you fellows together again after our trip to London last year, and you've been very busy since then. Nice Record to see you again, Gene. Some records that uh, you will be uh, including in the new film. Can you yes. reveal them to us? Um, well, I say I could, Gene, but some little man came up to me before and said, don't tell anyone the records that you're going to reveal. I said, well, listen, I won't. I said, why, though? So because the man might, might come up and somehow somebody might get hold of the titles and oh, there's terrible things happening in this record market, you know, Gene. How many songs can you tell us that will be in the film? Um, let me put it like this, Gene. Sorry about that, Gene. Um, I reckon it'll be about six or seven. Six or seven. Yes. How are you going to be able to work them? I, I'm sure that y'all have probably already seen the script. Uh, it's it's very tricky, but it works, I think. You'll be able to get them into a dramatic show like this one, I understand. Dramatic? I understand it's that uh, well. it's going to be sort of a mystery thing. Yes, but I doubt whether it'll be dramatic, Gene. 
John Lennon. John, when's the next book coming out? About six or seven, Paul. <laughs> about six or seven what? About one month. About one month. Uh, what would be the title of the book? Can you reveal it to us? I can reveal today. It's called The Spaniard in the Works. What type book will it be? Similar to the other one? Um, yes. Better though. Do you fellas have anything to do with the writing or insertion of any parts of the movie that you're about to film? Nothing to do with anything, we, anything else we do. Movies or otherwise. So about six or seven. About six or seven. <laughs> John, how was the trip over? Did you all uh, get bored on the flight or do you have things that uh, usually keep you entertained that, that you all were doing? Well, uh, we got stoned. All right. No, I'm, I know you're only kidding. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> so many people. With George Harrison right now. George, any songs in the future that are coming up that you're personally going to be featured on the vocal? Uh, well, just recently, just before we come out here, we recorded uh, a few, you know, quite a lot of songs for the seven, film. About six or seven, actually, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I, I'm singing on some of them. But we, as yet, we don't know what's going to be in the film and what's going to be on the LP or any of it. I see. But, you know, yes. Definitely. In other words, that we can look forward to you on some of the songs. Yeah. I don't know when, you know, but that's about Friday. About Friday, yeah. About Friday. Ringo, did you bring your wife with you? No. No. What, uh, what does she think of the fact that you're going away after your new marriage and uh, working for about three or four weeks? Well, she knew I was going away anyway. Um, I don't think she, she minds, you know, she knows I'm working, I'm not running around. The movie that uh, you folks are about to make here in part of Nassau involves you personally in a chase, if I'm not mistaken. Excuse me, yeah, that's right. It's basically a chase film where somebody sends me a ring and then other people want it back. And I can't tell you too much or, you know, it'll give it away. Will you personally be playing uh, with the female lead of the show, or will one of the other boys in the group be doing that? No, none of us will have anything sort of personal with the female lead. She'll just, she's just in the film, you know, nothing romantic or anything with any of us. Thank you, Ringo. Thank you. Okay, action boys, hold it, John. Close. An early clue to the title of the new Beatles movie a closely kept secret amongst those who knew, thanks to a particularly relaxed John Lennon. During their stay in Nassau, the Beatles would be interviewed by telephone or in person by several journalists, either during breaks on set or in their hotel rooms. Many tried to extract some details about the new film or the new songs, but the Beatles knew that many of the details needed to be kept secret for the time being so as to protect their new projects from copycats. One such interviewer was old friend and ex-press officer Derek Taylor, who had officially parted company with the Beatles after disagreements with manager Brian Epstein in late 1964. The Beatles had no trouble opening up to Taylor, who managed to get a few scoops for syndication on American radio. Hello there, this is Derek Taylor. I used to be press officer for the Extraordinary Beatles. Just recently I came back from the set of their latest movie in Nassau in the Bahamas. While I was there, I was able to talk at great length with the Beatles. 
Our conversations covered many, many subjects, and this station is very happy to bring them to you exclusively. Testing. 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 The Beatles. Testing. Testing. This is Derek Taylor sitting in the Bahamas with John. Paul. George. George. <laughs> well, first of all, let Hi, me say body. how nice to see you all again. Is there a title for it yet? No, no. no. Provisional what? title. What's the provisional title? Beatles 2. That's original. <laughs> Glad you like it. Do you no, have a better idea than that? Yes, oh, there's been a lot better ideas than that. High-heeled knickers. <sighs> and, start. and anything else? Like who's been sleeping in my porridge, which I thought of last night. I thought that was a good. That title. was a good one. Yeah, it was a good George suggestion of yours. Did he? Oh, must be the same two minds. Must link the same two. Must be. Yeah. John Lennon in dark glasses, white trousers, blue pencils, black socks, lilac shirt, and multicoloured jacket. And it's lovely to see you again, John, after about three months. Great to see you, Derek, in your grey shirt, blue tie, grey trousers of a tweedy thingy, beetle boots and black socks. They're not beetle boots. They will be to anybody who's seen you in the States, Derek. What's the film called, John? They haven't got a title yet, Derek, so if you can think of one, we'll be pleased to hear from you, Derek. I tried to help you once with an album cover, but didn't get very far. Have you had any uh, ideas which come close to the title, or they've all been uh, sort of laugh ideas? They've all been laughs. He who laughs, 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 laughs. Things like that. I think George had one which was something to do with Goldilocks. Who's been sleeping in my porridge? That sounds pretty close. Do you think you might use that one? No, because we can't very well sing about who's been sleeping in my porridge, can we? And will the title also be uh, the title of a song, do you think? It'll have to be. Will it? That's what I've heard. The script, which I had a look at this morning, looks um, a little eccentric. The aim of the operation, presumably, is to get a different sort of film from Hard Day's Night. Yeah, and we've done it, haven't we? Well, by the look of the set you have, not, the, and sitting on the beach in uh, holes in the sand, uh, a lot of people in khaki uniforms, red sashes and um, red turbans. Some of them are carrying guns and some of them are carrying shovels. Over by the water's edge, Leo McKern, the British actor, standing looking like a Polynesian high priest. And the whole scene is pretty wild. John hasn't been doing too much this morning. I presume you got up later than Ringo. <coughs> yeah, Ringo got up about seven. I got up at nine, which is late on a film. A bit early for me. How do you come to terms with getting up so early when normally you're late risers and late to bed? Well, we just sort of go to bed about 12 every night, you know. We'd just go out at 6 and pretend it's 11 at night and come in at 12, you see. Are you finding it fairly easy to move around in the Bahamas? Oh, yeah, it's not bad at all, you know. Just the usual fat American tourists. Apart from that, it's not bad. Somebody was telling me about the uh, send-off at London Airport. It was me. Was it? Yes, it was very big, because it was a half day for the school, okay. so there was about eight or 10,000 there. It was like the crowd we had when we got back from America first time. It was very good. That's probably the biggest send-off. Why do you've had huge crowds going in? Normally, you don't get a big crowd to see you out. No, that's right, so it's probably the biggest send-off we've had. When you leave here, where will you be going? England for two days, then to Austria for a week, and then back to England for the rest of the film. Do you know how long it'll be before the film's released? I haven't a clue, you know. I've no idea. Thank you very much, John. Morning, Ringo.
Morning, Derek. Good to see you again. Good to see you, Ringo. Particularly in weather like this, is it too hot for you? Um, it gets a bit hot when you're staked out, you know, in the sand and you've got to lay there for half an hour or so, fully dressed. This suit you've got on, a beautiful suit, which costs, I think, something like, what, a hundred dollars? Uh, roughly speaking, yes. <laughs> roughly speaking, a hundred dollars, and it's covered in red paint. Yes. The last one you had on was covered in red paint. And the one before that, too. Why is the red paint all over your suit, Ringo? Well, it's something to do with the, the film, you see. I'm not going to give too much away, but... What do you give? Nothing away. I mean, tell us something about the red paint. Well, it's... Uh, the film is basically a chase film, and it's about a ring which I have, and it starts off where they're going to sacrifice a girl, and uh, they paint everyone they sacrifice red, you see, this tribe. But they can't sacrifice the girl because she, she hasn't got this magic ring on which she sent to me because I wear rings. And so they're after me now and, they, you know, they can't get the ring off. So they, they're going to sacrifice me and that's why I'm red. And they, the paint has been put on you yes. so they can sacrifice you? Yes. How many times have you been painted up to now? Oh, about four or five times. Tell me, the other Beatles in the film, are they uh, detached from you for a time as, as um, they were in Hard Day's Night? Um, yes, just a, a short time. Not too long this time, though. In this film, there's no question of you falling out at all? No, no, no. Well, it, you know, as I say, I get captured and things, and they're looking for me. And when they're looking for me, you won't see me on the screen. And when I'm sort of being captured and taken away, you'll see me and not them. The Beatles in the Bahamas, quietly revealing some of the surprises in store for future moviegoers in their new film, still with no official title to be released to the public. Also on set in the Bahamas was Los Angeles DJ Dave Hull, looking to get exclusive interviews and stories from the Beatles. How are you, John? How's Cynthia? She's great. Good, good. How do you like the weather down here? I understand you're not too happy with it. It's too humid for me. It's not bad. It's better than rain, I suppose. What about the movie? How do you feel about it compared to Hard Day's Night? Is it is somewhat the same for you? Are you having less work to do or more work? Uh, so far, we've had less to do, but, but it's only been the first week of it. It's, you know, it's okay, though. You and uh, Paul and George are more or less the protectors during the movie. Yeah. Uh, in what way are you trying to keep him from being chased by these different people? Uh, he's comes in possession of this ring. Whoever wears it has to be sacrificed by this big mob, and we're trying to save him, get the ring off his finger, and there's other people trying to get it off for various reasons. It's very complicated, and that's basically what it is, stopping being sacrificed. I'm talking now to Paul McCartney. Hi, Paul. How do you like the weather down here compared to London? Uh, it's different, isn't it? It's very nice, um, sunny. I, I still like London weather, because... Uh, I said, I don't mind it nice and cold and things, but this is a good change, you know, and it, but we're not allowed to get tans, so that's daft. Is there any daft, I call it. <laughs> what about this picture compared to Hard Day's Night? You're finding it similar? You're finding it enti entirely differently? Well, we, you know, uh, we're finding it similar because we just got to be ourselves like we were in Hard Day's Night. Are there a lot of the um, scenes that are spontaneous? Well, you know, there's a couple. But mainly we stick to the scripts. Well, then that's different than last time. You mainly. really had you had more spontaneity last time. Then is that right? Yeah. Uh, no. 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 Actually, no. Because uh, there's about the same amount of ad libbing as there was as there was last time. This time. Mm -hmm. 
What about uh, your, your getting around the uh, islands here? Have you been other places than just uh, Nassau? Have you been jumping around the islands? Um, we've, we've been out here to Paradise Island and to Nassau and uh, just a little bit around the island, mainly on, on location just uh, with the film company. You know. We've been out to nightclubs in the town because it's pretty quiet here, you know. Nobody's, nobody seems to bother you at all. There don't seem to be an awful lot of people actually on the island. You know, it's, it's, it's a quiet place. We're with George Harrison at the moment. Hi, George. Hello. How are you? Good. Uh, this idol that's out there in the water right now that we're watching, uh, it's going to be a one-shot take, and it comes up. It's got ten arms on it. What, how do, what has this got to do with the movie at all? This is Carly, the sort of the god. And this is the, I don't know, it's the sacrificial god or something. It's, it's all, it's a bit past me, you see. It's, it's too involved. I'll wait till they finish making the film and go and see it, and then I'll know what's happening. How do you feel about this movie compared to A Hard Day's Night? Um, you're doing it, is it different? Is the script different? Is there a lot of spontaneity? The only thing, really, that's the same as Hard Day's Night is the fact that we're still playing ourselves. But, I mean, this has got a storyline to it, whereas Hard Day's Night didn't really. It was more or less like a documentary. You mean a plot? This one's yeah, got this a plot. this one's got a plot. In the uh, songs, can you give me an idea? I didn't ask John or Paul or anyone about the songs in the movie. I'll ask you. Um, you have seven new ones, is that correct? Well, we recorded 11 new ones last the week before we left England. But you're only using seven, are you? No, well, we'll only use about seven in the film. But even if if we only use five in the film, I mean, there's still going to be about 10 or 12 tracks on the LP. Can you give us any hint? Uh, just a hint as to what... I know you probably can't. Can you tell me what the titles are? I bet you can't, can you? I can't, no. Yeah. Can you well, give us a hint, then, what they're like? Um, all this... It's so hard, really. You see, we did when, when you record 11 all in one week, you know, you just work on one until you've finished it, then completely disregard that and go on to something else. By the time the week's over, you sort of... You've forgotten, really, what's, what you've done. You know vaguely, but, I mean, not until we start doing the songs we'll remember them, you know, one at a time. There's, it's a mixture, you know, some slow ones and... Mm. There's songs with uh, harmony where the three of us sing the whole song, more or less, all together. Like uh, sort of this boy, you know, like we did that. That's And there's some some fast ones, some slow ones. There's uh, one that Ringo's singing on. There's two that I wrote that really? I'm singing on. You can't give us an idea what kind of tunes they are at all? Uh, no. Your two especially? Just sort of medium, sort of rocker things. Well, you haven't made a title tune yet because there has been no title, but you came up with a great title in, um, in, in your ramblings and looking for titles for the movie in uh, Who's Been Sitting in My Porridge? Sleeping. Who's oh, Been Sleeping in is My that Porridge? It? Who's Been Sleeping in My Porridge? But that seems like an awfully hard title tune to do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. In fact, you know, that is more... I mean, we think it's quite funny, but I mean... When you get down to it, I think it's a bit way out. There was a rumor that the title might be Bahama Ball. Is that just more or less Bahama a... Bahama Ball? Yeah. No, I've never heard that one, but, you know, that won't be it. What about Austria? You haven't been there yet. It's the first part of the film. You're going to be shooting that no, soon. It's Well, we're shooting after after NASA, but it's that's sort of the middle of the oh, film. Then you're starting the film in London, when, then it goes... When the film's finished, it starts 
in a temple somewhere, and then it goes to England, and then we go to Austria, and then to Nassau, and that's the end in Nassau. <laughs> Hi, Ringo. I notice uh, you're wearing a, a very becoming suit splotched with red. Is that, uh, is that something new or is that part of the movie? It's part of the movie. I don't think I'd walk around in a splotchy <laughs> red suit. <laughs> How many suits have you ruined? Um, three up to now. Three. Yes, this is the third. You were staked down uh, out there at, for these different uh, s scenes. Is it rather hot out there? Yeah, it's very hot, especially when you're staked up. Now, they're shooting some of this in Austria. Is yes. that right? Next um, Wednesday, we go back to Britain for two days, and then we fly out to Austria for eight days, and then we finish the film in Britain for the next two months. At what studios? Um, I don't know. I forget now which one they said. I see. Now, in Austria, again, is the chase on with you? Well, yes, it's a chase from the be Well, not the very beginning, but, you know, yes, it is. Sorry. It's from the very beginning, it's a chase. And then what about the Put on your track shoes. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, what about the other boys? What, what particular part, if it's a chase of you, are the other boys yeah, trying to catch up with you? No, well, they're protecting me from the people that are chasing me, you see. I see. They're my big brothers. <laughs> protect me wherever I go. Well, I hope you'll come and see me in the movies. Then I'll know that you will plainly see The biggest fool that ever hit the big time With the first part of filming wrapped up, the Beatles flew back to London, arriving at Heathrow on the 11th of March. Only two days later, the Beatles were back at the same airport and on their way to their next overseas location, a direct opposite to the sunny beaches of the Bahamas, the snowy mountains of Austria, which had recently experienced severe avalanches. As in the Caribbean, the press were scratching around for any morsel of information about the titles of new songs. Hello. Hello, we're coming out, sir. Thank you very much. Same to you. You have a nice weather. Yeah, thank you, sir. Ah, it's not cold here. It's not cold. It will be cold. You are skiing from you. John was skiing. John, you are skiing? Yes, I was skiing. In Davos? Uh, no, somewhere it's... In somewhere it's? Yeah, yeah. And you're skiing over town again? I hope so. I hope so. Good luck. Thank you. Name me is Ringo. Yeah. Ringo, you never was skiing in your life? No, never. Uh, did you hear on the Obertown where you go now and make the picture? It was last week an avalanche. Yeah, well, there's, there's, somebody said there's one now, and we, that's why we can't go yet. We have to wait till 6 o'clock. Yeah. Are you not afraid about avalanches? No, no. Like yeah. going in a plane, you know. It's just the same chance. Uh, Ringo, can you tell me, for the German Broadcasting Corporation, for the German listeners, um, what have you, a new song in that new picture, what you have now? The, the names of the new yes. songs? No, we can't tell the titles yet. It's a secret? Yes. Can you speak some German? No, not really. Not really? Only, uh, a few words. A few words, yes. What was that? Uh, bitter. Bitter. Wie geht's du denn? Wie geht's denn? Was das denn? Ja, es war ja ein Bratkartoffel. Ja, ich glaube, ich Around this time, a temporary title for the film, 
Eight Arms to Hold You, was announced to the press. But no one was particularly pleased with it, least of all John and Paul, who would need to write a song with that title. Time would provide a much better alternative. The 30th of March saw the Beatles back in studio tour at Abbey Road to tidy up some of the tracks recorded before their trip to the Bahamas. The first cab off the rank didn't get very far at all. Take 23. That was that, a failed attempt to remake That Means A Lot, which descended into farce. The song would soon be given to PJ Proby, who would take it to number 24 on the UK charts. Also recorded on this day were the final overdubs onto You're Going To Lose That Girl, including a fresh guitar solo from George, as well as piano and its distinctive bongos. The more exotic filming locations were now substituted with ones closer to home, West London's Twickenham Studios were used for most of the interior shots 
And it was here that Cleveland, Ohio DJ Jerry G. Bishop caught up with George, who confirmed that the current working title had been scrapped and responded to the recently released news that Ringo and Maureen were expecting their first baby. This is Jerry G. at KYW in Cleveland. Good morning to you. Hello, good morning. It's, it's uh, two o'clock for me. Well, George, I've got a couple of questions for you. First of all, how's the movie going? It's going fine. You know, we've got about another four weeks to do on it. We've seen a few of the rushes, you know, and it seems to be coming along well. Uh-huh. Is the title Eight Arms to Hold You? This is what we've heard. No, it's not. That it... was just a provisional title. What is the current title? Um, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Mm-hmm. Oh, they haven't decided on the new title yet. Still no title as yet. Uh, the movie... No, but the, the other one, it, it, it's not going to be eight, uh, eight Arms to Hold You, because we weren't very keen on having that. You've got eight arms. I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah, we have, but... <laughs> but, you know, we want a better title than that. Our Ticket to Ride, and yes, it is in this motion picture? Not yes, it is, but Ticket to Ride is. I see. What other songs are in the movie? Oh, well, there's, um... There's going to be about six or seven songs in it all together, and they're all new songs. But I think the title song will be released about a week before the film is out on release. Did you have a hand in writing any of them? I wrote a couple of songs, but whether they be in the film or not, I don't know. But, you know, if they're not in, in that, then they'll be on the album. We just learned, uh, as a matter of fact, that Ticket to Ride has just reached number one in England. I'm sure you're familiar with this, yeah, right? Yeah, great. It just came in this week, right in at number one. I was amazed. I didn't realize this, but according to the figures we've got, uh, this is your eighth number one record in England. Yeah. And you have sold 141 million records. Were you aware of that? 141. 141 million records. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it, though? Yeah. Listen, how the, how's the group reacting to Ringo's marriage? Uh, we're... It's fine, you know, everything's just more or less the same. What, how was he... Uh, reacting to the news of uh, the forthcoming baby was he as thrilled as we all were here he was, he was knocked out you know he loved it has he ever changed a diaper do you know pardon has he ever changed a diaper do you know no, i doubt it <laughs> <laughs> anyway well, listen, i've got to get off now because we're starting shooting again thank you so much george okay Harrison. goodbye bye-bye to all the, uh, the listeners goodbye as was suggested by George's silence and obvious checking whether he could disclose the new title, a decision had been made, and the title song was written and ready to record. John counted this song amongst the best of his Beatle-era songs, mainly because of the introspective honesty of its lyrics. John, where did this title come from, Help? Out of, out of Dick Lester's mouth it came. Our director and friends. I thought it came out of his shoe. Well, Dick sort of slowly went up to us one at a time, punching us, saying it's going to be called Help. And we said, yeah, that's a great idea, Dick, sir, sir. We'll call it that, and that's how it all became about. Why did you have so much trouble with the title, Paul? I know you had a different title first. What finally made Help the final title? Because uh, it was about the best, I'd say. Just sounds right, you know, that's why. You know, Help, there you are. It fits the story because, you see, people are trying to get us all through it, you see, and so we need a bit of help, you see. Help. That's, That's right. right. I always like help because I meant it. It's real. It's a, it's, it's a, the lyric is as good now as it was then. It's no different, you know. And it makes me feel secure to know that I was that sensible or whatever, you know. That not sensible, but aware of myself then 
that's with no acid, no nothing, you know, that's, I mean, well, pot or whatever, that doesn't mean a thing, really. It was just me singing help and I meant it, you know. I don't like the recording that much. The song I like, you know. We did it too fast to try and be commercial and all that, yeah. Uh, seven. Take eight. So much younger than today 
now these days are these gone, days I'm not so self-assured, and now I've changed my mind, I'll open up the doors, help me if you can, I'm feeling down, and I do appreciate you being round, help me get my feet back on the Takes 7, 8 and 9 of Help. Take 9 was considered best and was treated to two vocal tracks and Ringo's tambourine. This filled all four tracks of the available tape, so a reduction mix to three tracks of a brand new tape was made, thus freeing up one track for George's distinctive descending guitar fills. Take 12 was best at this stage, however when it came to mixing the song, there are some subtle differences between the vocal tracks in the mono and stereo mixes, which stem from the fact that the Beatles actually re-recorded their vocals onto three-track tape at CTS Studios in London on the 24th of May, probably so they better matched the miming of the song in the film's black-and-white intro, filmed at Twickenham Studios a month earlier. Seeing as Abbey Road had no three-track tape machines, all stereo mixes use the original vocals from Take 12 at Abbey Road, whereas the mono mix uses the newer vocals recorded at CTS. John also sings slightly different words at the end of the first verse, swapping the original but now these days for and now these days. By the 29th of April, the title was now set in stone, as Paul explains to Chris Denning for Radio Luxembourg. I think it's a good song, you know, help. I mean, it's, it's not being big-headed saying I think it's a good song. I just, I just like it. We all like it. Probably because it's new for us. You know. But uh, I, I don't think anybody will want to hear a song called uh, Eight Arms. So it's a crummy title, I think. You know, it was okay. We just we were getting a bit desperate for titles, and then somebody said Eight Arms told you, and Ringo said it. We all said, yeah, great, you know. But then we suddenly realised a couple of days after that we were all sick of it, and we didn't like it, and we thought it was a bit... Bit daft, you know, the idea. Well, who thought up help? Uh, I think it was Dick. He just said, let's have a very simple title, which nobody can say is either bad or good, really. You know, it's not a fantastic title, but it's. But I think it will work when we. When you sort of actually. The film comes out and things, because it fits very well with the film, the title, and the song. <laughs> Beetles are eating lolly sickles. Is that right? Lolly ices. Oh, lolly ices. I'm sorry. Which, <laughs> which is what, <laughs> which is what we refer to as popsicles in America. Why? Because they're made of ice. I really don't know why we call them popsicles. I mean, they're not made out of popsicles, are they? No. Lemonade pop made into an icicle. Popsicle. Well, that's figured that out, then. Well, if, I'll well, tell you why one thing. Is it lolly ice? I'll tell you one thing. Because it's lolly with ice, and it's lolly ice. What's lolly? You don't know what a lolly is. <laughs> Everybody knows what a lolly is. Oh, we made the LP then. Should we go? On the 10th of May, the Beatles had filmed at historic Cliveden House in Berkshire, 
in order to simulate the exterior of Buckingham Palace. That evening, in an isolated session, the Beatles recorded cover versions of two rockers by American R&B artist Larry Williams. Both songs were played live in the studio. Dizzy Miss Lizzie would be perfected in seven takes with minimal overdubs. This track would close the new LP in the same vein as Twist and Shout and Money had concluded the Beatles' first two albums and would become a live favourite during 1965. Bad Boy took only four takes to master and would soon be included on EP releases on both sides of the Atlantic. By the 11th of June, filming had finished, except for some overdubbing of dialogue for several scenes. Paul took a fortnight's holiday in Portugal with Jane Asher, finishing up a new song or two to complete the LP. As it turns out, Paul had to fly home a day early as there was an important announcement to be made. Now, Junior, behave yourself. Well, I find myself in distinguished company, and may I, without more ado, introduce George Hello. Harrison, Hello. MBE. I did. Oh, thank you. John Lennon, MBE. Oh, it's all, yeah. Ringo Starr, MBE. Ah. <laughs> and Paul McCartney, MBE. How do you do? <laughs> George, yeah? what was your first reaction when you heard you'd been awarded the MBE? Well, I didn't believe it really at first, but then when they sent me all bits of paper saying that, and you lot wrote it in the papers, well, you had to believe it. Ringo hasn't told his mum yet. <laughs> Is this true, Ringo? You haven't told your mum about this yet? No, she'll have read about it today, though. Uh, were you surprised at all? Yes, very. When did you first know you had been awarded the MBE? Two days ago. We had the form six weeks ago to fill in, you know, but we didn't know we'd actually got it till two days ago. Did the form come with the rest of your fan mail, or did it come separately? In uh, a very sort of uh, impressive sort of, envelope? Yes, we all thought it was call of papers. <laughs> I keep using that line, it's not mine. <laughs> and, um, but when we opened them, it was... You know, if you'd like to have an MBE sign here. Uh, so we did. <laughs> We've done this way. Yes, yeah, sir. So we signed our name. Richard Stark, you know. MBE, not Ringo. Thank you very much. Still the same Ringo. Sent two bottle tops and we got it. Yeah. <laughs> you think you really deserve an award like the MBE? I don't know, you know. What does it matter? We got it, you know. What about when you go to the palace for the investiture? Yeah. What about the gear? How are you dressed? I don't know. Some fellow was just saying you have to have top hats. I hope you don't have to have top hats. Will you all wear top hats? Oh, we can carry them. If we have to. Have white rabbits coming out of them, can <laughs> And what about the hair? What about it? Yeah. We'll put that on the top hat as well. <laughs> John, Excuse me. Uh, having the MBE, what yeah. does it mean to you? Uh, um, I don't know till I get it. I'll read about it and see what it is, really, because I'm not sure what it is. I only know what I read in the papers. <laughs> you, know. you know, so I'll just sort of check. Uh, and see what I've really got. I'll find out what they are, then I'll tell you. What did your wife say when she knew you had it? She said, oh. Just like that? Because <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have a clue what really what it was either, but she's pleased. You know. yeah. I tried to get her one, but she couldn't. <laughs> George? George? Hello. Yes, how do you do? Now, so bad, you know. Bambi, what does it mean to you? Well, I don't know. I thought it was the Northern Dance Orchestra at first, <laughs> but oh, that's NDO. <laughs> um, it's great, you know, I mean, I don't know what we'll have to do <clears throat> when we've got it, you know. Yeah. I, d I doubt if we'll have to walk up and down 
you know, Buckingham Palace <laughs> and that, will we? Showing people what it's like. Yeah. I don't know, it'll just be the same, only we've got a medal. The soon-to-be-decorated Beatles gathered in Studio 2 on the 14th of June for what would become a remarkable session, recording three songs, all of which would feature Paul on lead vocal. The first of these was a country and western romp, the tune for which had been around for some years and often played by Paul on the piano at McCartney family parties. It was a favourite of Paul's Auntie Jin, so much so that it was called Auntie Jin's theme for some time, with a simple lineup of Paul and George on acoustic guitars and Ringo on snare drum with brushes, only six takes were needed to produce the basic track. I can't forget the time or place where we just met She's just the girl for me And I want all the world to see we've met mm-hmm. Had it been another day I might have looked the other way And I'd have never been aware But as it is, I'll dream of her tonight Never known the like of this I've been alone and I have missed things And kept out of sight But other girls were never quite like this Falling, yes I'm falling And she keeps calling me back again This one turns out pretty darn good, huh? You tell lies, thing, and I can see. You can't cry, cause you're laughing at me. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. How can you laugh when you know I'm down? When you know I'm down. Man, my ring, one of those it away. Same old thing happened every day. 
Plastic soul, man. Plastic soul. Plastic soul, man. Take one of I'm Down, the song which would eventually become the B-side for the Help single and would close Beatles concerts for most of 1965 and 1966. For some time, the Beatles had been looking to write a song which could replace Little Richard's Long Tall Sally as a concert finale, but had, until now, not managed to do so. Musically, this was a good idea, but also financially, because each time the Beatles played Long Tall Sally, they had to pay a royalty to Little Richard himself. Take Seven was deemed best and featured Paul on bass and outstanding lead vocal, George on lead guitar, Ringo on drums, and John on a Vox Continental organ, an instrument which would be played to varying degrees of hilarity by John on subsequent tours. After a half-hour dinner break, the Beatles were back in Studio 2 to record what would become one of the world's most covered pop songs of all time, but would ultimately only include one Beatle. The first, but not last time, that this would occur. The song yesterday, the tune of it, uh, came to me in a dream. I just woke up one morning and I, I had this melody in my head and being by then a professional musician, I thought, I wonder what that is. And I had a piano by the side of my bed, so I, I actually uh, sort of got some chords and put this tune to it. But I didn't have any words, so the original words to yesterday were scrambled eggs. Oh, my baby, how I love your legs. I believe in scrambled eggs. And I thought, you know what? The tune's too nice to have those as the lyrics. So <laughs> so yesterday is a rewrite of scrambled eggs. And then I just hawked it round to all my friends and stuff and said, what's this? You know, it's got to be something. It's like a good little tune, you know, and I couldn't have written it because I just dreamed it, you know. You don't get that lucky. And it wasn't until he got the lyric together that we, he decided to record it and said, how should we do it? I said, well, it's a lovely song, super song. I can't really see what Ringo can do on it. I can't really see what heavy electric guitars are going to do on it. Why don't you just go down there and sing it to me with a guitar and we'll decide what to do with it then. And it was good, actually, because all the others, the guys, I looked at them like, oops, I mean, you know, solo record. And they said, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. There's nothing we could add to it, so do it. Yesterday, take one. It'll be an F for you. Yesterday. I'm in G, but it'll be an F. It goes E minor to A seventh to D minor. Ready? Okay, man. <laughs> Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly, there's a shadow hanging over me. I'm not half the man I used to be. Oh. Yesterday came suddenly Why she had to go I don't know she wouldn't say I said something wrong Now I long for yesterday 
yesterday Love was such an easy game to play Now I need a place to hide away Oh, I believe in yesterday Why she had to go I don't know she wouldn't say I said something wrong Now I long for yesterday Yesterday Love was such an easy game to play Now I need a place to hide away Oh, I believe in yesterday Two. Yesterday All my troubles seem so far away Now it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday Suddenly I'm not half the man I used to be There's a shadow hanging over me Oh, yesterday came suddenly Why she had to go I don't know, she wouldn't say I said something wrong Now I long for yesterday Yesterday such an easy game to play I need a place to hide away Oh, I believe in yesterday Why she had to go I don't know, she wouldn't say I said Such an easy game to play Now I need a place to hide away Oh, I believe in yesterday mm-hmm. Two Takes was all it took to capture yesterday. A string quartet, scored by George Martin, would adorn the finished take three days later thus paving the way for the use of strings and classical elements in later recordings by the Beatles. There's a particular bit where the cello moves into a kind of bluesy note. And John thought that was terrific. But it wasn't really a Beatle record. And I discussed this with Brian. I said, you know, this is Paul's song. Should we call it Paul McCartney? He said, no. And I can't actually remember him making that suggestion, but I I wouldn't have done that. It was sometimes tempting, you know, people would flatter you and say, oh, you know, you should get out front on the band there, or you should put this solo record out, but we always said, nah. In fact, we didn't even ever put it out as a single in England, because we were kind of a little bit embarrassed about it. We were a rock and roll band. 
the song was an instant fan favourite and was performed by the Beatles live in concert and in broadcasts throughout 1965 and 1966, latterly with a full band arrangement. Whether it's based on a love-gone-wrong scenario or even the death of his mother is irrelevant. Paul McCartney set an incredibly high bar with this song and its recording. Take three of John's It's Only Love. John would later say that he hated this song, mainly because of what he called the lousy lyrics. A straightforward two-minute recording, which was completed in six takes with plenty of acoustic guitars and simple vocal overdubs. After Ringo's only vocal to date, the ill-fated If You've Got Troubles, was abandoned, the Beatles reverted to a cover for Ringo to sing. Act Naturally, made famous by country star Buck Owens, was perfected on this day in 13 takes. To round out the sessions, another Lennon and McCartney original was committed to tape. Four takes of the backing track for Wait were recorded, a song that would be shelved for now, 
and resurrected for the Rubber Soul album later in the year. With film and soundtrack production now complete, it was time for the new Beatles package to be unleashed on the waiting world. Attention adults, you need help. Mother, are you depressed because your fabric softener has been hardening on you lately? Dad, are you despondent because your stock slipped 14 points in one day? If so, stop worrying. Help is on the way. Help is the new Beatles movie. We're telling you about it now because it took you so long to get down to see A Hard Day's Night, the Beatles' first movie. Once you were there, you laughed just as hard as any of the critics, including your own sons and daughters. So here's our helpful hint for troubled grown-ups. See Help. It's in color. It's a United Artist release. It's got spine-tickling adventures, side-tingling laughter, and a Beatles eye view of this much too serious world. So be the first adult in your group to seek help from the Beatles. Then, recommend to the kids. We're on location with the Beatles, and they're here to tell us about an exciting new movie. Say hi, fellas. Hi, everybody. This is John here. This is Paul. George. And Ringo. And we're very happy to be on your program once again. This second picture, John, how does it differ from the first one you made? Well, it's in color for a start, and I don't know, there's a lot more happening in this. There's a story, you see. In the last one, it was just sort of documentary, but this is a, a real film, almost. Do you have any different problems in this one, George, other than in A Hard Day's Night? A couple of more problems. <laughs> a couple of more, yes. Because, for a start, we had a big idol and lots of things, lots of trick things, you see. Whereas we didn't have any trick things in the last film, did we, John? No, we didn't, George. You didn't have any tricks in the last film. Yes, the business about the idol was that um, it was supposed to rise from the water, you see as a sort of trick and it it wouldn't because the water was always too um rough for it so we've had a bit of trouble with that what happened to you in this picture ringo uh, i'm chased um, by a gang of thugs all the way through it actually yeah um they seem to be chasing ringo and then there's two leading scientists who hope to rule the world and an eastern beauty saves our lives from time to time it says here all I can say is, will John live to sleep, sleep in his pit again? Right. Oh, for instance, will Paul ever get back to his united organ? Electric organ, I mean. <laughs> now, you're kind of veteran movie stars at this point. Do you like this business of making movies, Paul? Is it difficult for you? Um, I think all of us really enjoy it. It's something different. You know, and we've all forgotten about uh, how difficult it was or how hard it was sort of standing around the set all day. And it's just nice to be doing something like a film which is a completely new thing for us really you know we've only ever done one before this one it's just good seeing rushes and seeing a film get together and seeing it sort of make itself you know yes very exciting lovely george how do you go with this movie making career and how do you take to this business of making movies getting up early in the morning getting the makeup and so forth <clears throat> that's a bit of a drag getting up in the morning but um apart from that and the waiting round it's great fun we have a great laugh don't we, fellas? Yes, yeah. we do, yes, George. Yeah, it's great. I've said this, George. For getting up in the morning, we hate getting up. You know, it's always difficult to do something you hate. Especially when you go to bed about three in the morning. You know, it's very difficult to get up at six. 
John, tell me, where has this taken you, this second Beatles picture? Well, it took us to the Bahamas, Nassau, and we've been to Austria. That was great. And most of it was done in London, of course, which is also great. Now that you've completed your second picture, you boys are not going to give up concerts, are you? No, of course not. We're doing a big tour, you know, in America. Uh, I don't know how many cities, but it'll be pretty hectic, you know. But uh, it's all good fun. We enjoy it. Filming, making records, concerts. You know us. I laugh a minute. Ha, 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 ha. When you're writing a song for the picture, do you write it for a particular scene? What happens is that we, uh, we just shove them in anywhere. Yeah, we just write the songs first and then uh, just shove them in anywhere, as George said especially in the uh, sunset scene at the very end of the picture, where the two lovers, that's George and Ringo, are coming towards each other on the beach, and they just finally meet. Well, actually, they don't quite meet. They just run past each other and both dive into the sand. And as they do, the sun goes down. Yeah, <laughs> the sun goes down, and it's a sort of big uh, facade of oriental beauty. You know what I mean? That sort of... Facade Harbuckle, and then the whole picture just ends up you're with gonna, them. You're, you're telling him too much about the I've story. I'm sorry, I've told they you too much on the sea if you tell him all okay. about that. Have told about the vintage car race? The vintage car race? Well, that's another scene where we all go from Brighton to Egmonton, and uh, none of us win, unfortunately, and it just about ends there. Sounds like fun. I want to thank all you boys for talking with us today. Good luck to John, Paul, George, and Ringo. We're all looking forward to seeing you in your second motion picture, Help. This is Paul McCartney saying thank you very much. We hope you enjoy our film. It's been nice being on your show. This is John Lennon saying uh, thanks for everything. Enjoy being on your show. This is Ringo saying thanks for everything. Go be enjoy the film and the, the songs from the film. And We hope to see you all when we come to the States. And this is George saying goodbye to everybody who's been listening and also to you for having us on your programme. Thank you very much, sir. Goodbye. Well, that's it for this episode. Next time, we head out on the road again, both at home and abroad, this time to hear how the Beatles sounded live in 65. Until next time, 